From the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Oh, we are back in the saddle. It's it's good to be back with you guys. And uh, Natalie is not with us in this episode, but uh, we're hoping maybe maybe she'll be able to come uh, midway through. Uh, but I do have some other Worthless Servants that are here with me. And to my right, Emily Armstrong. Hey, everyone. And I'm going to kind of formally introduce you a little bit better. Uh, You've known Dario Richards as part of this cast and uh, a pastor. Uh, But today he's coming and we're kind of going to interview him because we're going to be talking about sports ministry. So before we even do that, Dario, could you uh, just say hi and also maybe tell us, okay, what are you currently doing and what ministry uh, are you involved with? And uh, tell us a little bit more about why we're touching base with you as the expert when we talk about sports. Hi, it's definitely good to be here. Um, again, yes, I um, I have been very uh, excited and passionate about sports ministry um, probably over the last 10 years or so. Um, I currently work with, um, it's called the Sports Movement. It's not an organization, it's a movement, um, which is a whole other conversation by itself, how that functions. And the sports movement's vision uh, is about making disciples in the world of sport, play, health, and fitness. In the world of sport, play, health, and fitness. Uh, so, so really, how do we continue this journey, this commitment to the Great Commission to making Christ-like disciples, uh, but but specifically targeting people groups who are in the world of sport, traditional sport, who love and enjoy play and just the emerging world of health and fitness. Um, so with the sports movement, uh, I'm part of what we call the global strategy team, um, the global team that helps to give shape to our direction um, to target whether they be gaps, countries where the gospel has not reached yet, or even gap sports, sports where real opportunities for disciple making still exist. Um, that's what I do on a global scale. And then on a regional level, I also serve on the Caribbean region team um, with responsibility specifically for um, mobilizing disciple-making movements across the region and also facilitating uh, the leadership development arm uh, of our movement here. So my, the bulk, 80% of the ministry um, that I'm doing now is shaped around sports ministry, shaped around disciple-making and naturally, by extension, disciple, I mean, leadership development. So, yeah, that's a bit. Yeah, we have the right person with us today, and uh, and you've been with us all along, but a lot of our, our listeners didn't know that aspect of your ministry. Honestly, we are a podcast that deals with a healthy church and, and missions and culture and, and so much more. We like sports. I mean, uh, there are a lot of our listeners that really like sports, but what does sports have to do with any of that? Yeah, so so sports is uh, sports creates this beautiful opportunity uh, primarily because of um, just the instructions in the Great Commission. The Great Commission gives this clear instruction uh, to go into all the world. We have to go into all the world. And any time that we are given a command to go into all the world, one of the questions that we must ask ourselves is where is the world? Where is the world? And if there's one thing that is clear, 
the world gathers around sports. The world is excited about sports. Uh, uh, a few years ago, it was recorded on a weekly basis or some level that 5.2 billion people, I think it was, um, are involved in sports on some level. They're either playing sport, they're watching sport, they're administrating sport. And if that is where the world is, um, that's where Jesus sent, sent us to, to go into the world. And there is a world of sport, uh, which in and of itself attracts a lot of people to it. And what that does, it creates a perfect opportunity um, for gospel ministry to happen, for evangelism, and for disciple making to happen. Uh, so I think that's like, like probably the, the major, one of the biggest reasons why sports can become such a, uh, awesome space and strategy uh, for making disciples and engaging in evangelism. So we've just recently, as a globe, crossed that 8 billion in population, right? That number, a huge number. And did I catch you? Did you say 5.2 billion? Is that the statistic? 5.2 in billion. Some, in some way involved in sports. Yeah, and, and, and the statistic that I'm mentioning is actually an old statistic. So there, there's actually belief that more people are involved now, primarily because of the addition of not just um, the traditional sports, but also esports and gaming. So there's a belief that that number is actually much more on a weekly basis engaged in some form of sporting, gaming, play, health and fitness, yeah. So that statistic brings something to my mind that maybe you've not thought about before. And if you're if you're in that boat, you're more than welcome to say, you know what, this is the first time I've thought about that. And I don't really have an answer. That is fine. I was thinking about the statistic of 5.2 billion. And I have been challenged specifically myself in uh, like how much sport our son is dedicated to football, soccer. And so we've had to have some of those conversations and realize where we're at as a family, where he's at as a disciple of Christ, all of the things that go along with it, right? And um, a while ago, I heard somebody talking about sport as a modern idol or a modern God of our society. And uh, the, the podcast host was saying, you know, if you look around at how much time people spend in it, how much money people put towards it, how much uh, it, they even were making the comment of like, look at the stadiums that are built to it, that we gather and worship at every single week, you know? So this is the context that I'm coming from. And, um, I've been thinking when we think about sports and uh, ministry, whether it be evangelism, discipleship, do you think sports actually is more of like a world religion that we need to start to understand? Like everybody, like as we come into it as missionaries, we think about these world religions of Buddhism, Hinduism, uh, Islam, and and like you need to know where people's brains and minds and um, where their loyalties lie in order to find bridges, right, in order to cross into that cultural space with them. So I guess it's kind of a, a multifaceted question and even observation more than anything of, do you think through sports ministry that in order to be engaged in it, that we really need to study it as more of like a religion, you know, it's not just kind of like, oh, it's a, it used to be a hobby. I feel like we've gotten past, it's not a hobby anymore. Like there is something that's going on in, in people and in the world when we talk about sports. What are some of those things as you hear any of that, that I just said, do you agree with it? Do you not? Like, what are some of the things that you think? Yeah, I, I would say, I would say two things. I probably wouldn't, I think in some context, in some small 
world areas that sport has like a religious <laughs> a religious pull. But I think it I think the, the better word to use probably will be culture. Like the world of sport owns and has its own culture. There's a there's a there's a there's a belief system, there's a um certain types of behaviors that happen, especially um amongst athletes. Like if you really connect with a high profile elite athlete you realize the way they think, the way they perceive, the way they, um, the way they engage the world is is unique. It's different, you know. Like if I go and play um, a football game and I lose, you know that's fine. You know, if a competitive athlete loses a World Cup game and you go up to them and say something like, "Oh man, it's just a game," like you are offending them to the right. core. <laughs> like right. this is not just a game. For many of them, this is their livelihood. You know, this is their this was the the thing that lifted them out of poverty. This is the way they take care of their family. This is where, unfortunately, so many of their identities are grounded. So it's mm. not the same. But the way that I, I like to, to have this conversation, is I remember reading a quote a number of years ago, and this guy was making a case for technology. They were talking about the, the negative impact that technology was happening, that was having on the world. And he, he said that the the... When we created the ship, we also created the shipwreck. Mm. And he was making the point that if ships don't exist, then you would have no such thing as a shipwreck. Mm -hmm. But because shipwrecks exist, it doesn't mean that the ship in and of itself is evil, right? right? Mm -hmm. And I, I see sport in the same way. I think that everything that God has created for good, um, that the enemy has a unique ability to find a way for it to be used for evil. And I agree that there are many people who idolize sport. As, as I mentioned before, there are many people who put their identities in sport as opposed to Christ or opposed to um, something much more meaningful. But what that says to me is that it is even more of an opportunity for us to be able to penetrate and to redeem. Um, so in the sports movement, there there are persons like myself, our primary goal is to use sport as a tool for for evangelism, for disciple-making, uh, to use sport as a means for advancing the gospel. Mm. But then there are a group of people who are actually passionate about redeeming the world of sport. Like They believe strongly that, that God created sport. They believe that, that the ability, the skill set that is required to perform sports at a high level is actually incredible. Like, like a normal person can't do what elite athletes do. And that type of ability is God-given. Mm. How do we redeem the world of sport um, to see it better reflect and better give honor and glory to the one who, who created it? Um, so, so yeah, those, those are my thoughts on, on those two, those the, the multifaceted question that you would have. Yeah, asked. yeah, that's great. Do you have any like biblical examples of where sport is? The only ones that I can think of is um, Paul encouraging us to run the race and, you know, an athlete. Is there other things in the Bible? And maybe there's not. I just honestly don't know. So I'm just asking. Yeah. So so most of the mentions of sport in the Bible are, are like those types of metaphors, you know, that, you know, to be a good athlete, et cetera. I think we're in the sports movement. There, there are sessions that will be done on the Bible and sport, mm -hmm. and trying to find a biblical argument or a theology uh, of sport. 
And the, the direction that this study would often go towards is it would go back to Genesis and hinged on the fact that God created man uh, with the ability to create, to be creative, that there is a, as we were created in the image of God, we were also created with an inclination towards creativity. And as you go through the scriptures, you will see the consistent references of um, worshiping God is not simply um, our ability to sing a nice song or, you know, to, right. to say amen at the right moments in a, in a good worship session, but we worship God with our entire bodies. We present our bodies as a living sacrifice, you know, holy and acceptable. Mm-hmm. And and the argument, the theological argument would be grounded in the fact that part of the creative, um, the creativity, part of our creative expression is this thing called sport. Um, in the same way that we create art and there are engineers who mm-hmm. God, who we believe invested the gift and the skill to build like buildings that you look at them and you wonder how were these things ever created? Like all of these creativity traits that we have are an expression of the image of God in us. And that's where the the biblical quote-unquote argument will begin for sports. But I can't say that, you know, outside of, you know, there's a historical record of when some of the apostles were martyred that they were actually martyr during games mm. <laughs> which is a mm-hmm. poor example yeah. oh but yeah uh-huh. no that's that's i mean exactly what you're talking about is i think a piece of what we need to understand right like a theology of why this would be something that's even in the world today like we have to have this understanding of things that are here in the world is something that god's given us and so what is the yeah. place that we play in it um i have a super quick question it doesn't require a long answer but when you say sport are you talking about only like organized sporting activities or would that include like gameplay board games would do you think about like esports and stuff like that? Like, is it an all-inclusive term, or is it more thinking about like organized uh, soccer, basketball, football? You know, those types of sports. Yeah, so that's why I began by saying we make disciples in the world of sport, play, health, and fitness. Mm. So when it comes to sport, it's primarily organized sport, the traditional organized sport, uh, football, basketball, rugby, tennis. Then there's a there's a group of play. We're more, this will be more like activities, you know, fun games, you know, these, you know, every once in a while you will go on the internet and you will see people playing these creative games with water or balloons or, or something like that. And that's what will fall in the category of play. And then there's the realm of health and fitness, which is really, for, for example, in the pandemic, people thought that the fastest or the most selling item was toilet paper mm-hmm. and then research has shown that the, the most selling item in the pandemic was actually dumbbells, you know, for people oh, to do curls. I thought you were going to say Peloton. I feel like fitness. everybody had a Peloton in their house at that time. <laughs> a Peloton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so health and fitness is this world in and of itself. Yeah. So the, those are the three broad categories, but then there are also subcategories of things like action sports because skateboarding, bike riding, that is another world all by itself. Surfing. Like that, that actually that is more inclined to a religion than I would say the normal sports. Mm. How how skateboarders and surfers and how they move. And then there are the esports. And we had a huge debate as a part as the sports movement. Like where does esports fit? Mm. Um, but 
when you think about the amount of money that esports players are making, yes. and you think about the skill set too, and we actually created a category for esports and making disciples in the world of esports as well. And then uh, one of the other major areas, we call it all ability, primarily persons who have mental or physical challenges. I think interest strategies to also reach them because um, I have seen some phenomenal um, athletes. You see some of those guys who, who only have one leg playing football and they play better than people with two legs. <laughs> um, so just a number of different strategies that we think through to, to effectively deliver sports as a gospel opportunity. Yeah. You have written some articles for us, and uh, we'll include those in the show notes for our listeners. In one of those articles, you kind of address the, the, the question, like, what are some specific ways that we as a church can maximize the potential of sports? I, I think you even uh, raised like three different ways or methods that we can, in our local church setting, really maximize sports. Yeah, so in, in those articles, we would have talked about just three um, just major ways that I think um, the church can really maximize the potential of sports in our context. Because I think in every every country in our region, there's some level of sport happening. The first one um, is that sport can be used as a vehicle to connect with diverse people um, to share the gospel. Like um, through sports, you, you get the opportunity um, to cross all types of barriers. I can tell you um, the number of times that I have played football with persons, I don't, they don't understand English, I don't understand their language, um, but we understand pass and goal, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so because sports can gather a diverse group of people without much effort. Um, naturally, you take a football anywhere in the world, people immediately know how to organize themselves. They know they need strikers, you need midfielders, you need defenders, you don't even have to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, so because of that, uh, sports brings these diverse groups of people together. And it doesn't just bring players. It would also bring spectators. It would also bring administrators, like the referees and people who administrate. Um, it would also bring vendors, people who want to use it as an opportunity to sell. So just by using sports in your local context, you can immediately attract all types of people from your community who would gather around the activities you are doing, and it creates an opportunity uh, to share the gospel. Um, secondly, I think sports is a major tool uh, for global missions as well. If you are looking uh, for a way to boost the missional arm or the missional component of your church, or even as a district and you're thinking about getting into missions, um, I think sport is a really um, significant opportunity. Uh, a few years ago, I had a, a conversation with a gentleman. He was actually the founder of the sports movement. Um, so he has been he has been all over the world, being involved in all types of um, um, you know global ministries. And we were we were talking about the role of the of the Caribbean in global missions. And we were talking about you know um, saints say feeling that there's more that we can do to contribute. And he said to us that. The Caribbean is actually one of the world areas that are best equipped to take the gospel into the remaining countries that have not yet heard it. I, mean, I, I had never heard this before. <laughs> and he was making the point that many of the, the world areas that are yet to hear 
um, the gospel, the places in like South Asia and these places, mm-hmm. um, they are actually very interested in cricket. Like they are cricket fanatics, you know, because of the Indian and the Pakistan and the Sri Lankan influence. And he was making the point that if in the Caribbean we found five good cricket coaches and we announced to certain parts of South Asia that five cricket coaches from the West Indies were coming to run a cricket camp in Bhutan or in one of these places, he was saying that the entire country would come <laughs> just mm-hmm. because of the historic association of the West Indies and cricket and most of the most of the history of the involvement of many of these countries in cricket, like West Indies cricket were some of their first heroes because the West Indies were was a team that that became, you know, one of the most dominant and would beat England, you know. So so they have this perception. They perceive West Indian cricketers the same way that other world areas will perceive Brazilian footballers or American basketballers or New Zealand uh, rugby players. And he was saying that you just send five Christian cricket coaches as missionaries, use them to set up cricket camps, and while they're doing the camps and clinics, share the gospel, and and look, you are reaching people groups that other other missional organizations have been struggling to reach for years just by using sports. Mm. And that's on a global scale. So imagine what can happen on a local level. Like There are many communities that can be penetrated um, through sports. And one of the, the, the last, or the, like, a major one that I think um, can really be useful for the local church as well, is that the world of sport is a place where believers can live and communicate the gospel. And what I mean by that is, um, in our part of the world, especially in the Caribbean, one of the, the, the huge challenges that we have had historically as a local church has stemmed around the area of disciple-making. Like you would actually hear people complain about the fact that we don't do discipleship well as a region. But sports, by its very nature, has disciple-making principles built into it. So, naturally, if you are involved in sports, and as you were sharing too about your own son, you already know how many days a week he's going to football practice. If you're playing football mm-hmm. at an elite level, four days a week, five days a week, sometimes mm-hmm. six days a week, you are at the playing field, and you are at the playing field with the same coach for four, five days a week. On the flip side, you're going to Sunday school one day a week. You know, you go to NYI, you service one day a week. Like when you compare the level of influence that the coach has in comparison to the Sunday school teacher or the NYI leader, uh, honest review would reveal that the coach is much more influential. Mm. So what if the church began employing as a strategy to empower sport coaches, not just to teach skills, but to actually be disciple makers because they're already in a context where young boys, young girls are showing up to their academies four or five times a week. And instead of them just learning how to play football or play basketball better, they're actually learning how to be disciples of Jesus. And that's what sports create. It's a a world where we can actually live out and share the gospel right inside of it because of how it is already structured. Um, So I I think those are three clear ways that our local churches could 
consider and engage in, in sports ministry. Dario, this is uh, this is fantastic. I, I, I what would what would you say if we were to kind of dedicate another episode uh, to this and really to hear some of the stories? Like, I, I would like to know a little more. You've started to give us a little taste of what it could look like, uh, but but I'd like to really hear some of the stories about how do you use sports and play and, and gaming ministries to to evangelize, to disciple, you know, and, and what what would you say? Would you be willing to come back and kind of share some of those stories? Oh, definitely. And I can share a lot of, of stories happening in the Church of Nazarene in the Caribbean as well. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay, perfect. Well, let's do that. Um, in the meantime, I'm going to give both of you uh, time, Emily Ann and Dario. First of all, Dario, where can people find the organization you're working with? What's the website and, and other ways to get a hold of you? Because it is a sports movement, we actually have no website. So the best way, <laughs> the best way to connect um, to the movement is just to connect with me. Uh, we have in the Caribbean is a we have a, a, a registered organization called the Caribbean Sports and Leadership Movement. Um, and if you're able to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook, on Instagram, and I could be I could point you towards um, some more material if you're interested, some resources if you're interested. Um, so if you're able to get into contact with the podcast, with Scott, with Emily, they can point you towards me, and I can then connect you. And this information is open source, so there are no there are no um, copyrights on it. Anybody can take it. Anybody can use it, and it's translated already in many different languages. So once you're interested, just connect with me, and I can get it to you. I've I've been fascinated as I've been in touch with you and that in the movement. You know, it truly is seeking to be a movement. I mean, just what you said, the fact that like, okay, download it. Hey, you, you can be a part. Um, go ahead and do. It. Like, so many ministries are not like that, and so I really yeah. appreciate that. Um, you mentioned that certainly people uh, maybe that are listening to this podcast know our ministries a little more. So Emily, how could they get a hold of either Dario or us? Um, you know, after hearing this episode. You can find us through our Facebook page, which is the Worthless Servants Podcast. Um, you can also find us on mesoamericagenesis.org. There's a contact tab that you can send a quick email through that, and any of us will be able to direct you to Dario or to ourselves with some information. And I would also plug, um, if you are a part of the Church of the Nazarene and you're hearing this in the Caribbean region, uh, contact your local NYI representative, because I know that NYI has embraced this concept of using sport in reaching youth and so um, even being in contact with local uh, Nazarene Youth International people, uh, district people, uh, for sure getting to your field level. I know that Timmy Spencer is a big piece of what they're working on in the Caribbean. So um, somebody in your local church structure, if you're a part of the Church of the Nazarene listening to this, um, can get you some more information as well. This is exciting. Good. I want to hear more. So let's uh, let's make sure that we, we, we stop for now, but then we're going to come back in two weeks. So go ahead and make sure you subscribe and uh, get this next episode in your feed. We are the Worthless Servants, and I'm Scott Armstrong. I'm Emily Armstrong. I'm Dario Richard. And we will talk with you next time. For more information, visit us on Facebook or at mesoamericagenesis.org.